I want to say right now, God, that it is our privilege to build you a temple in an emerging city. It was our privilege to buy these 27 acres when there was no Kroger on the corner, when there were no houses across the street, when there were no houses over there, when this was a field where people in Frisco hunted. God, you marked an X on this spot. You led us to this place before there was ever a CVS, before there was ever a Walgreens, before there was ever a Subway, before there were ever enterprises all around us. God, you picked this place. You picked this place in this city. And God, you picked us to build you a house. And so God, we just honor you in this house. We thank you that your promises are yea and amen. And you've chosen to use us for such a time as this to proclaim the name of the Lord in Frisco, in Texas, in America, and around the world. Come on. Thank you, God. Come on, just thank Him right now. Why do we dedicate? Because His promises are true. Let's stand to our feet and worship together. Amen.
and shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lives made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Come on, church. Eagles fly so high that they can only soar with other eagles. One thing I love about Elevate Life is I get to be here to soar with other eagles. They get a vision for where they can go and where other people are. And when they can see where someone else is, they can call them higher. That's what I want to call you to is to level up. Each and every day, Every single one of us are on a treacherous journey, rediscovering what it means to live, what it means to laugh, to love, examining their life to find direction, hoping to find something. Because after all, an unexamined life is not worth living. Maybe there are no right answers. being in the house of God. Hey, let's do our declarations. And if you're new with us, we, we put our hand over our heart because we speak from our heart. And we do this because there is a revelation and it's from the word of God that your life will follow your mouth. 
God spoke the world into existence. There's things about your life that you need to learn that your life will follow your mouth. The Bible says it this way, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so we start our services by making declarations and we are literally declaring who God is, declaring who we are and declaring what this year is all about with the word that God's given us. So let's do this together. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. Stop right there for just a minute. I want to say to every business person that's here, you are blessed by God to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. And every person is, all right? I declare that 2022 is my year of promise for me, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare according to 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen. Would you give me a loud yes and amen? Yes and amen. Today I open up my mind to receive the promises of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up holy hands because that's what God calls them. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Elevate, y'all ready? Let's go up, let's go up, let's go up, let's go up. I'm excited that you're here. One last time, turn to that person next to you and say, I'm so glad you get to sit next to me. Come on, tell them that. I'm so glad you get to sit next to me. Wow. You may be seated. I'm going to throw you. this like that right there so they can take care of that. Okay. The only pillows I need in my house are the one Pastor Sheila puts all over our furniture and all over our bed. And you know, when I was growing up, Josh, just making up the bed was one thing, but now it's a whole nother level, man. I mean, we got like 50 pillows on our bed. And so I just see pillows and I think, man, I don't need another pillow. Y'all just take care of the pillow. But anyway, I love your pillows, Pastor Precious. I love your pillows. <laughs> How many of you men are feeling me right now? Y'all understand what, what, what you're saying? Like, hey, I just want to sit on the couch. Oh, but listen, there's about 12 pillows on our couch. Yeah, but couches are made to sit on, not to, not to uh, illustrate, demonstrate, perpetuate pillow, pillows. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get on with the message. <laughs> I don't have any issues today, and I know you don't either, but... Man, we're, we're so honored to have you, and uh, thank you for being here. I'm this, get, I, uh, I don't need this. There you go, Josh. See? There you go. <laughs> I'm a like father like son. I, I that's raised you right, That's son. what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow you, right. you. We'll be adjusting that pillow the whole time. Yeah, I'll be messing with it. I, I, shouldn't t- I shouldn't tell this next story. Yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> I just, really shouldn't let's say. Let's just take a vote. <laughs> How many of you let's would take like a vote. me to share a story of course, I shouldn't gonna... share? How many of you, like Pastor Sheila, would just rather me keep this one to myself? Yes. So, Josh. <laughs> I think that was a false vote. There was a hack. <laughs> Someone just hacked this vote. I was, about, I was about 11 years old. Okay. Maybe 12. And um, I was a part of... I was 1972. A, I, I was a Boy Scout. And so our troop leader and his son were friends of mine. And uh, so we were going to go to, to a camp, you know, 
to go camping. <laughs> and so, and so I don't know I what's was, about to happen. You're so, laughing well, at what you're about to say. Because first of all, I don't like to camp. I like the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I know there's a Welcome, lot of guys. A lot of guys they love to camp and love to rough it. I mean, you know what? Okay. But anyway, so, um, so anyway, so I'm in the back seat, and so they've got a pillow there. And so I'm thinking, man, this, oh, you shouldn't tell this story. I know I, this story. <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking, man, I'm tired. I lay my head on the pillow. Well, I hear my friend in the front seat with his dad start to laugh. And I said. It was like a big old station wagon, right? Yeah, I go, go, hey, what are you laughing at? He goes, well, that's our our fart pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Who's ever had that in their car? Like we we have such Some of these people are going to from now on. It's like, what's that pillow? We have such stomach issues. We have to keep a pillow. To cover your profuse gas. So I think here's the reason I. This share, is what we're talking about today. Here's the reason church. I share this story. <laughs> First of all, we were in the back, Josh and I, watching his mother, and I said, and she, "He goes, she is just so like what was your word? She's so proper. So she's so dignified. she's so proper. Like she, she says, says luncheon. today there's a luncheon. And so so Josh, I said, Josh, she is the only dignity I have. Oh man. <laughs> And I am proving that right In this, this story, yeah. second. But anyway, I think that's why I have a problem with pillows. Okay. I, I see pillows and I think... That's I really remember. what we wanted to hit on today. <laughs> Pillow problems. It's the title of our message. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> so glad y'all are here. And uh, Josh, you know, this series is one of the most profound series we've ever done. Uh, because... Lifeosophy is a word that we coined because truly everybody has a philosophy of life. And, but most people have more of a philosophy of life by default and by design because they don't know they can have a philosophy of life by design. And so your philosophy of life can be summed up in three words, how you think, so your think, how you be, the way you choose to be as a person, your attitudes, your behaviors, your beliefs, and your do, whatever it is that you decide to do in life. And so we believe this, that, that your think plus your be plus your do will equal what you have in life. And there's a whole lot of people, they, they don't have the marriage they want, they don't have the family they want, they don't have the business they want, they're not financially where they want to be, they don't have the finances that they want, they don't have the life that they want, and they can't figure it out. And so they just get stuck or they give into uh, just not realizing what they're giving into is, is less than what God has yeah. for them because they don't understand how powerful their thinking, their being, and their doing is. And so one of the things that we wanted to do in this series was to provoke you in the most positive sense to know that you, you, you can have a philosophy of life by design. Within that philosophy of life, there can be a great philosophy of marriage. There can be a great philosophy of parenting. And these are all things, Josh, that that were born, like even in my own spirit through the years with how uh, Pastor Sheila and I've done marriage, how we've raised our family. And uh, and so one of the reasons we wanted to, to, to do this series was to hopefully provoke you in the most positive sense to go, I'm not gonna live on the default side of life. Like, I'm going to have a philosophy of life. 
I'm going to have a way that I think, a way that I be, a way that I do life, that I can have what God says I can have. Come on, y'all put an amen on amen. that. And that's why we did this yep. series, yes, Josh. That's why, we're, that's why we're doing this. So I'm going to kick it to you. I'm very excited about today. First service was amazing as we, as we end this part yes, of, of, of this series, Life Awesome. Well, I love what you say. One of the things that Pastor Keith says is these aren't the only things we're going to talk about, but these are the things we're always going to talk about. A unique distinctive of our church, if you're new to our church, is we talk a lot about what I would call practical philosophy. And uh, if you've been in church a long time or you're like maybe more theological, uh, philosophy can sound like a curse word because it seems like this atheistic thing that's like anti-God. Uh, but all of us have philosophy because all philosophy is is deciding how to live. And every day we think, you heard Pastor Keith say it, every day we think thoughts. Having a philosophy of life says I'm going to be intentional about what I think about. Every day we have attitudes. We, we be a certain way. Uh, having a philosophy of life says I'm going to be intentional about my attitude. And every day we do things. And so having a, a, a philosophy of life, one of our, what we call our mastery goal here at Elevate Life is that we want to help people develop a biblical philosophy of life that, in, that empowers them to reach their God-given potential. God wants us to live a certain kind of life. Uh, and so, so that's what we've been talking about throughout this series. We started this series a few weeks ago with talking about what is the meaning of life, and we're ending it with how to have a great life. So in, in Matthew chapter 13, what Jesus says is he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. This yeah. is the picture that Jesus paints of what it means to follow him, what his kingdom is. Last week, Pastor Keith talked about thinking kingdom, being powerful, and doing glory. In John chapter 10, Jesus uh, in the Amplified Version, what he says is he says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus, he says, I came that, I, that you may have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. How many of you want to have that kind of life? Come on. Now, let me, let me pause and just say this, that the thief is the devil. Jesus calls the devil a thief. Why does he call him a thief? Because he describes it. These are his words. Again, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal. What does he want to steal from you? There's a reason in our world without a biblical worldview that there's now 72 genders. Officially. 72 genders. Because the enemy wants to steal your identity. And once you do not understand, or once, let's put it this way, when you do not understand, that there are two genders, there are males and there are females. And you have to work through, you have to work through whatever philosophical thought process. And we talked about what, what, what makes mindsets so important last week. People's own mindsets produce ideologies. Ideologies produce narratives. Narratives produce stories that we tell ourselves and that we tell other people, and we listen to other people's stories, and those stories ultimately determine our identity. And so what happens when your mindset is not based on the Word of God, when you don't realize that, that God wants you to have an abundant life, an overflowing life, you'll, you'll never understand that, that there is a thief, and he wants to steal your identity. 
He wants to, he wants to kill. Well, what is it that he wants to kill? Any dream that you would ever have. Hopefully, if you're married, you have a dream for your marriage. Hopefully, if you're in business, you have a dream for your business. Hopefully, if you're living on any level, in any sphere of your life right now, there's dreams that you have. But what happens? What, why does the enemy want to kill your dreams? Because he never wants you to know that you're God's son and you're God's daughter, and therefore, you can make the, the, what is impossible possible yeah. with God. When you really begin to realize that, it's like, wow, my dreams really can come true. The dreams that I'm dreaming. So the devil wants to kill your dreams. But then ultimately, he doesn't just come to, to, to steal your identity or to kill your dreams, but he comes to destroy your God-given potential. The potential that God has given you, not just the potential that you have as a human being, but the potential or capacity that God has given you as a spirit, as a soul, and as a body. You are a triune being. And so understanding that God has given you this potential, you say, what, what's the potential? To be like him. To, be, to, to have his glory manifest in your life, which Josh is gonna talk about in a minute. So I wanna just say that to you from a very revelational standpoint. You can look at that scripture and even a lot of Christians know that scripture. The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Yes, I want that. But they never stop to think, well, what's, what's he trying to steal from me? What's he trying to kill in me? What's he trying to, trying to destroy before it ever happens? My future that potentially I see the possibilities that God has for me. He wants to destroy that by virtue of you not acknowledging who he is yeah. and that he is the God of yeah. abundance. And so, so one, of the, one of the frameworks that we use when we communicate here about our thoughts, attitudes, and actions is your think plus your be plus your do equals what you have in life. And so Pastor Keith, last week, like I said, he talked about think kingdom, be powerful, do glory. And if we can think kingdom, be powerful, and do glory, we can have this kind of life. It's possible. And, and one, of the, one of the pictures I want to I paint for us today is um, there's, there's two worlds that we, that we live in. Um, one is the human world, which is the life that we have today. The other is the, is the spirit world. So um, there's a saying, Pierre de Teilhard de Chardin is credited with saying, we're not human beings having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having human experiences. Uh, we're spirit, souls, and bodies, right? And so a lot of times um, we read verses like this and we think that that's all based in eternity. If you're a Christian, you walk with God a long time, a lot of times we can read this verse and say, okay, like that means that eventually God wants me to have life to the full and I'll probably really have a hard life and then eventually when I get to heaven, I'll have a really cool mansion and there'll be streets of gold uh, because I was really poor on the earth. That's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is he uses this word abundance in the Greek, it's parasos. And um, the word that Jesus uses is a practical term that means that which is not ordinarily encountered, extraordinary, remarkable, beyond what is necessary. Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure that a man found. Treasure is not something that you need. Treasure is more than what's necessary for us. Jesus came 
so that on this side of eternity, our lives can be remarkable. Yeah. Our lives can be extraordinary. Yeah. Our lives can be filled with more than we need. A lot of times in the churches I grew up in, most of the conversation, unfortunately, was just about how God is a God that supplies our needs. And that's absolutely true. Is that what Jesus intends? Not really. That's the base level of what it's supposed to be. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make my paint, my house payment, and I found a dollar in my wallet. Jesus is the one that says, I want you to have life to where your life is remarkable and extraordinary and it overflows and you always have more than is necessary. Yeah. So, so again, a lot of times people will say, and it sounds humble. Well, you know, I just don't need that much. I'm, I'm really good. And this is especially in the church world. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really good. I don't need, you know, I don't, I don't need much. And you know, I don't need to drive that kind of car and I don't need a big house and I don't need. And so it's not about that. God wants to give you more than is necessary. A remarkable life that is more than is necessary for you. Why? Because he wants to bless you because he wants you to be a blessing. blessing. Come on. And that's our verse for the month, this month that you've said yeah. in May. Yeah. Second Corinthians nine, verse eight, that God wants to, us to abound in grace in good things so that we can be a blessing to other people. Yeah. That's literally what scripture says. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's his goal. If you read, yeah, if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Paul says that God will produce a rich harvest of generosity in you so that you can always be generous, so that you'll always have more left over than what you need. That's what Jesus wants for us. Now the, now the question is, is if this is true, why don't more Christians experience this life? Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but unfortunately, most of the Christians that I've encountered throughout my life do not live in abundance. Well, Josh, you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, and again, I was probably, you know, I was very young. And, but I can remember, uh, I remember this particular um, scene because there was this old dilapidated, broken down uh, station wagon that had an Herbalife or Herbalife sticker on it and said, if you want to learn how to succeed, follow me. I can remember looking at that going, hmm, no, I won't be following that. Like when you think about remarkable, because this is what Jesus said, I want you to have a remarkable life. I want you to have a remarkable marriage. I want you to have a remarkable business. I want you to have a remarkable existence on this side of eternity. You're my sons and you're my daughters. But you need to understand something. This is what you follow to make that happen. It's not following a business plan. It's not following this or that. It's following this with any business plan that you have that is focused on the yeah. kingdom and focused on abundance and the reason behind why God wants us yeah. to have abundance. Yeah. And this is what, G like, we didn't make this up before we came out here. Jesus said, I want, I have come yeah. to the earth so that your life can be extraordinary, yeah. so that your life can be remarkable. And the question for me is why don't, if this was true, and if it was that easy, how come everybody doesn't live that way, that follows Jesus? Um, in, in the Western world, in the world that we live in, in America, um, we have, we have uh, in the church, we have what's called a, um, like a salvation culture, where everything's kind of focused on just, just believe in Jesus. Just make Jesus Lord of your life and that's pretty much all you have to do and he'll, he'll take care of the rest. 
uh, Jesus paid it all and he'll just, he'll just do whatever that it is that we need. And so, so we read that verse and we think, well, if I just believe in Jesus and I get saved, then everything's going to be taken yeah. care of, not just eternity, but also on this side of eternity. Yeah. So because I'm a Christian, I'll automatically have a good marriage. Because I'm a Christian, I'll automatically be successful because that's what Jesus wants for me. And I really, I really think that he should just make it happen for me. Um, most of us believe, or many of us, not most of us, but many Christians, it's easy for them to believe uh, that salvation is the end goal. That the goal of your life with God is, to, is for God to get you and I to a place where we just accept the deity of Jesus and go, okay, you're God and I don't want to go to hell. That's, that's the starting point. Yeah. That's not the end of the journey. Yeah. That's the end of the human journey that we take, and that's the beginning of the spiritual journey with God. So many people that have been saved still have lived bad lives. They, many, they, 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 haven't, they haven't lived in abundance. Yes. And, and the reason for that, Josh, is because every person here who has ever um, come to God and has said, God, I need you in my life. I need, and, and we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That means we've missed the mark. So because we, when we realize, hey, I'm a sinner, I'm in need of a savior, we receive the savior part of Jesus, but we don't receive the Lord part of Jesus, mm. the king of kings part of Jesus. And so our sins are forgiven. I grew up in church, yeah. so I can address this. I grew up in church and I saw a lot of people with a poverty mentality, Josh, didn't even know they had a poverty mentality because they'd been forgiven. They knew they were going to heaven, but they came to Jesus, watch this, and they decided, okay, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I need forgiveness of my sins, but their thinking never changed. Their being never changed. Their attitudes, their behaviors, their beliefs truly never changed. And what they did as a person should never change. Like if you call yourself a believer, there should be a distinctive difference between you and other believers. It's not just, well, I believe in Jesus, but use the same language the world uses. Like, I, 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 I love God, but uh, give me another drink. I'm just saying there's got to be a distinctive difference that your behaviors, your beliefs, and your attitudes line up with this, with this book, not just that I've rolled Jesus into the mix. Yeah. And me yeah. and Jesus are cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not about that. And so, so what, I've, what I've seen is that there's a whole lot of people who don't understand. Here's, what, here's, here's where it first happened when the Bible talks about how Jesus was anointed as the son of God. He, he obeyed God and was baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came up out of the water, God spoke. Everybody could hear God speak. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But he didn't stop there, dot, 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 hear him. This is my beloved son in whom I will, well, please now hear him. The first thing that came out of Jesus' mouth was ultimately Jesus' mission statement. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is within your grasp. Let me say it a different way. Repent is metanoia, which in the Greek, which actually means change your thinking because the kingdom of God is within your grasp, but some of you never become the beneficiaries of the abundance of the kingdom of God because you get forgiven, but you don't get transformed. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's why we're talking yeah. about this, Josh. Yeah. It's, it's a philosophy of yeah. life that is based on biblical truths yeah. that we view the world 
through a biblical worldview to say, okay, God, how do you want me to think? How do you want me to be? What do you want me to do so I can have what you say I can have? And that's an abundant life.